Hello, and welcome to the Re-Re-Read podcast, where we consider what contemporary writers like you and me can learn from classic literature. Today's topic is, yet again, Moby Dick, and we are going to ask, and hopefully answer, how do you solve a problem like Ahab? In every narrative that is even remotely conventional, there comes a point of no return. A decision is made, destiny is sealed, there's no going back to undo the circumstances that drive the story to its, in this case, terrible ending. This point is also one of great risk for the story's credibility, because, as a writer, you may have a perfect ending in mind, a great image, or an event that doles out justice with exquisite irony. But can you get there from where you are now? As you translate your outline or a series of intriguing images into prose, you might find things are not going as planned. That is, you cannot quite cross that bridge to no return because, on closer inspection, your plot is a tad illogical. Perhaps you've raised the question, why don't they just... For example, why doesn't she just tell him the truth? Why can't he just take an Uber home? Why, in Moby Dick, doesn't someone just kill or at least incapacitate the mad captain who is ushering the Pequod to certain doom? It's a question that Melville must dispense with sooner or later. We will have to see the confrontation between Ahab and the White Whale, because that conflict forms the entire infrastructure or skeleton on which the novel hangs or grows. We also have to see Ahab's insanity long enough before that, so we know how doomed this trip is. The crew members know it also. The fact that they know increases the drama. We watch helplessly as they struggle with and tame their misgivings. Still, Ahab is one man, and an old one with an ivory leg, no less. How hard would it be to take him out? Melville answers this question via Starbuck's interior monologue in The Musket. Starbuck, watching Ahab sleep in his hammock, has Ahab's musket in his hands. All he has to do is shoot, or, failing that, take him prisoner. The latter would seem a fine alternative to out-and-out murder. Starbuck thinks to himself, Ha! Is he muttering in his sleep? Yes, just there. In there, he's sleeping. Sleeping? Aye, but still alive, and soon awake again. I can't withstand thee then, old man. Not reasoning, not remonstrance, not entreaty wilt thou hearken to. All this thou scornest. Flat obedience to thy own flat commands, this is all thou breathest. Aye, and sayst the men have vowed thy vow, sayst all of us are Ahab's. Great God forbid, but is there no other way, no lawful way? Make him a prisoner to be taken home? What? Hope to wrest this old man's living power from his own living hands? Only a fool would try it. Say he were pinioned even, knotted all over with ropes and hawsers, chained down to ring bolts on this cabin floor. He would be more hideous than a caged tiger then. I could not endure the sight, could not possibly fly his howlings. All comfort, sleep itself, inestimable reason, would leave me on the long, intolerable voyage. I have to say I find this objection more plausible than ever, as I've recently had to endure the howlings of our upstairs neighbor's dog, who is apparently crated while its humans are out, or perhaps even still in and trying to teach it a lesson. But back to Starbuck. What then remains? The land is hundreds of leagues away, and locked Japan the nearest. I stand alone here upon an open sea, with two oceans and a whole continent between me and law. Ay, ay, tis so. Is heaven a murderer, when its lightning strikes a would-be murderer in his bed, tindering sheets and skin together? And would I be a murderer, then, if— and slowly, stealthily, and half-sideways looking, he placed the loaded musket's end against the door. 
On this level, Ahab's hammock swings within, his head this way. A touch, and Starbuck may survive to hug his wife and child again. Oh, Mary, Mary, boy, boy, boy. But if I wake thee not to death, old man, who can tell to what unsounded deeps Starbuck's body this day week may sink, with all the crew? Great God, where art thou? Shall I? Shall I? The wind has gone down and shifted, sir. The fore and main topsails are reefed and set. She heads her course. Stern all, O Moby Dick, I clutch thy heart at last. Such were the sounds that now came hurtling from out the old man's tormented sleep, as if Starbuck's voice had caused the long dumb dream to speak. The yet-leveled musket shook like a drunkard's arm against the panel. Starbuck seemed wrestling with an angel, but turning from the door, he placed the death tube in its rack and left the place. In the end, Starbuck doesn't have it in him to shoot Ahab. That makes sense. We've seen that Starbuck is the least bloodthirsty of the whale hunters. But he also can't take Ahab captive because he thinks the sight and especially the sound of the old man pinioned and howling would drive him insane. However, surely that's better than the alternative, which is death for everyone. In an extremely realistic story, this rather absurd explanation would be a problem. But Moby Dick, as we have discovered, is not pure realism. The white whale itself is a mythical creature that exceeds the boundaries of the animal form entirely. It's the natural world multiplied exponentially, but also something else that can never be defined. Same with Ahab. He's life itself, as we've discussed, but he too is extraordinary. No matter how tightly bound he is, Starbuck thinks that extra in Ahab will never be contained. In fact, through containment, it grows even scarier. Starbuck's sanity and his fear of that extra thing in Ahab mean more to him than his life and others. Ahab suddenly talking in his sleep, too much of a coincidence for Starbuck, seals the deal. Now, is this pivot point satisfying? Are we willing to sail on with Starbuck and Ahab and face the white whale? Well, sure. In the first place, it was never up to Starbuck to stop the story's trajectory. It has always been too relentless. It also appears that Starbuck was lost even before this section began. What he's already seen of Ahab and the universe has made him willing to trade life for a few more days of not fully looking into the void. Which is perhaps a realistic decision after all. Remember, your character's actions don't always have to be wise or right, just plausible within the world of the story.